This episode is sponsored by Interactive Brokers. And I'm a big fan of Interactive Brokers Trader Workstation Trading Platform. And here's why. TWS combines advanced charting tools with over 100 technical indicators, which helps me analyze trends and forecast prices and spot new trading opportunities. I get access to fundamental data on over 30,000 global companies, including financials, analyst ratings, and more, helping me do deeper analysis. And, well, refine my picks. The rebalance tool automatically keeps my client portfolios aligned with my investment strategy and makes portfolio management a snap. And the real-time comprehensive news and research keeps me updated with all the latest market developments so I can respond instantly to market-moving news. Find out why the best-informed and disciplined investors choose Interactive Brokers. So go and visit ibkr.com slash yib to learn more. The Disciplined Investor is all about you, your money, and the markets. Sit back and get ready for this edition of The Disciplined Investor Podcast. This episode of The Disciplined Investor is sponsored by Horowitz & Company. If you're looking for a portfolio manager, look no further. Horowitz & Company, from seed through harvest, cultivating financial success. A banking crisis brewing? Say it ain't so! Fed's trying to talk down rate cuts, Powell on 60 Minutes. Looking like a pullback could be in the cards. And our guest, Frank Curzio of Curzio Research is here. All this and much more on episode number 855 of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. Hey, it's Andrew Horowitz, and welcome to another episode of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. Here we are in February 2024, and uh, we are cranking. I mean, if nothing else, technology is on the move, and things are going pretty strong, and, well, it's all peachy, isn't it? I mean, we have inflation under control. GDP is doing well. We have the Fed seemingly, well, that like they're going to they're reduce rates, at least, as we see by the rate cuts. Looking at the charts, it shows that, well, there's going to be, I don't know, four or five or six different cuts even though the Fed is saying they're not going to be, but that doesn't matter. And when we're seeing that a company is beating, like we saw last week, a few, you know, you see the move of 20, 30, 40%. Disney had one of its best days. We saw ARM or ARM Holdings up 50% on the idea that they're bettering on their earnings. And a lot of that they put squarely on AI, something of interest that we are all paying attention to how the, technology sector is really doing so amazingly well when it comes to the opportunity to do something in the just in the broad field of AI. We're going to talk about that today with our guest as well. One of the things that we saw this week was really interesting is the continuation of, of, of this fallout of New York Community Bank Corp, the banking sector, the regionals, the concern about consume, uh, uh, commercial real estate, CRE, if you see it printed there in CAPS. And in uh, just three letters, it stands for commercial real estate. And the concern that everybody has had for a long period of time now with what is going to happen when all these office vacancies come up and when we see the refinancing boom that's going to happen in a negative way, 
where the refinancing on all of this debt that is outstanding from all the new, maybe all the bridge loans that were done or, or all the other loans that are outstanding are going to have to be refinanced at a much higher rate. Where when we look at the, the pro formas on the commercial real estate, looking at a 2% interest rate and now have to come in at 7%, how is that going to impact their overall profitability? And that's a big concern. And that has been, I would say, uh, a, 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 an itch that has been very difficult to deal with on the back of the head where you just can't reach, can't get to it exactly. And nobody knows when the shoe is going to fall. And maybe what we're seeing now in some of the areas in Chicago, San Francisco, possibly in areas like maybe Houston, New York City, possibly some of the areas of D.C., that is going to be a real concern when we look at the commercial real estate, which consists of not only the malls and the office buildings, but could be some other areas, um, warehouses, manufacturing facilities, things of that nature. That could be a big problem coming up. It could also be, the, obviously, the biggest one, not, it's, we know this, is the offices, where the back-to-work hasn't really progressed for many companies as they thought, and they're paying for a lot of square footage, and nobody's using it. And what we saw last week with a 70% plunge of one company and 15% of another and the list goes on about the concern in there and whether or not and how the Fed is going to bail them out this time. Is it going to happen? I don't know. But that's something we have to look at and wondering if, in fact, this is the time that we do see a banking crisis or if it is, as they say, idiosyncratic and it is just very simply isolated to this one area and this one particular bank. It could be. But I think that maybe there's a little bit more that's that we need to see play out here. And with the rates as high as they are and the Fed not looking to be very actively or I would say very in a rush. They're not too excited about reducing rates. We could see continuation of problems in this area. We saw that when, when Powell came out and talked on 60 Minutes and really talked down the idea and tried to calm the market that there is not going to be seven rate cuts by this year at the end of this year. It doesn't seem logical. Is it going to be two, three? Maybe, but the data is really going to be the thing that we're all paying attention to. When we look at the employment numbers, the GDP, we look at CPI, we look at PPI, we look at all the things that are put into place. And while some of that is looking a lot better and the disinflation story is continuing, you know, it's looking like there is a pause that is happening that may be turning things around just a little bit, and that we may see inflationary pressures. Consumer confidence is up. We're seeing there are prices that are starting to tick up a little bit in things like energy. In particular, oil saw a big end of the week last week. So we need to watch that, and it does make me wonder as to whether or not we are primed for a bit of a pullback here. And you say, oh my gosh, Andrew, what are you talking about? Don't run the party. Pullbacks are healthy. They're not loved. They're not wanted. They're not even welcome, but they're healthy. It's kind of like exercise. Like who wants to do it? I don't want to do it. When I do it, it bothers me. It hurts. The next day is painful too, but you know what? Do it enough. You get a lot stronger. Pullbacks in the market when we see that valuations are getting stretched in a lot of different areas, not at all, but in a lot of areas. And when we're seeing to a degree 
excess speculation, like we saw in a couple of stocks last week, up 1,200% one day, 50% the next day, or Disney up 12%, 13%, or uh, some of the moves that we've seen in the tech names that continue on because they have slightly better than expected earnings, an outlook that may be matched, but you know, seeing a 15 or a 30% with Palantir, I like it. I like the company. They followed through the next day with about 5 or 6%, and then the following day with about 4%. But a pullback. I don't think it's uh, such a thing we should be concerned about. In fact, I think there's a lot of people that would welcome it. Still a lot of money on the sidelines that would like to get in. I can tell you, we're still waiting for some things on the valuation front to come back to a little bit of what I would consider normality. They're not terrible at this point, but still a little bit, little bit toppy. So that's something that we're looking for, waiting for, and uh, not going to be out, not going to be scared, but going to be ready. Opportunities are what we're looking for. The discipline of waiting until such a time that we find the value that we're willing to pay for a stock or an index or a mutual fund or an ETF or bond, whatever it is, is something that is very difficult. Just like a trader, one of the most difficult things in life to do is sit on your hands and actually not trade. So let's keep our eye on for that in the next uh, next month. With that, we're going to have a lot to talk about because we always do. Let's uh, just kind of segue right into a discussion with our guest today. And our very special guest today is Frank Curzio, and you know him. He's just a great guy. He's a newsletter writer. He is a podcaster. He's been around a long time. One of these special guys that you meet in life that uh, he and I, I think probably, it was, it was kind of, you know, Frank, it was love at first sight. I thought you were going to just <laughs> blow it up and say, what are those guys you see that you really don't like and then maybe you get to know them a little? <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for it, though. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. We know each other for a very, very long time. Uh, first two, I want to say after you, you did, I think you've been doing a podcast maybe one or two months longer, over 15 years, right? Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. It's when podcasting was like, huh? <laughs> you know? Yeah. When, when not everybody said, I have a podcast. But back in those days, remember those days? Yeah, I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I want to talk to you about a few things. Uh, first of all, uh, Frank is from Curzio Research, and he writes newsletters, and he has a team of writers that also help him and write newsletters and items about investing, investing across an entire spectrum mm -hmm. of investments, right? Yes. I mean, I don't. Yeah. You've covered all sectors, so, covered everything. I mean, you you've know, covered you know, a lot of things that you. So, so over the years, by the way. Frank yeah. has covered things, and he's he's actually taken things back. Like, in other words, ah, you know what? This area is not an area we want to cover anymore, and he moved on to something else. I, that, that's correct, right? Yeah. I mean, look, it's – I love my job because you learn something new, right? People say you should invest in what you know. Well, you know, there's ways to know things, right? And, I, you know, hands-on approach. We travel a lot. Uh, go to special areas. Go – you know, just remarkable of the information that we got in COVID and being ahead of the curve, being able to remove our assets and sell a lot of our, our stocks beforehand and, and interviewing people on lockdown in January, uh, visiting the shell areas really early when everyone thought, you know, every animal like it lives in these areas are going to die. It's just, it's a, such a different story from what you hear sometimes. And then if you're actually in the room and you're at these places and that's, you know, and if things change, you got to be willing to change, right? We see people as stubborn. It's one of the biggest mistakes in, in, in the market. When things change, you got to be able to change and invest accordingly. And we've done that. We've done that throughout my whole career. And the reason why we do this is because I've learned my lessons uh, of not being, you know, don't be stubborn. If you're stubborn, it's, it's a death of profits. You can get in a lot of trouble. Now, one of the, one of the things that you and I have talked about, and I've threatened for many years and I've kind of not promised, but I said, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to do it. 
is uh, the wonderful tech conference in Vegas that you just came back from, which I want to talk mm-hmm. about. I want to talk yeah. about um, how it's changed over the. I was I was there once. Uh, I don't know what year it was. It was it was a long time ago. It was when tech was like, "What's that?" You know, oh look at that MP3 mm-hmm. player. But mm-hmm. um, so uh, I don't think they've ever changed the name of it. Nothing. I mean, but it's what they do now is pretty incredible, right? Well, it's been around for decades, and post COVID, it hasn't been as good because before COVID, you had all the car companies actually releasing their models before and showing off their models before the Detroit Auto Show, which is the biggest auto show. Uh, you've had. Uh, just the the major company, you had robots walking around and, and, and drones everywhere. I mean, it was crazy. You get to sample all this stuff. They really dialed it back a lot uh, where, you know, it's a consumer electronics show. And, and some of the things that you see there's ESG, which consumers really don't care about. It's important. We care about, you know, climate, some people care about climate change and stuff like that. But when you're going to a show where you're, you know, this is about all the technology companies, 4,500 were there this time. And it's, you know, in the, the second week of January every year they do this where they're launching all the new technologies and showcasing them before they launch them over the next like couple of months. And, and it's exciting to try some of this stuff. And, and that's what I, well, you were going to buy, did time. you buy, you promised to buy me something. Didn't you send me a picture of something that you were going to buy? Me? I bought you, you know what I bought you? <laughs> what you I bought you a personalized tattoo machine. And <laughs> once you, you could tattoo yourself and, and it's one day. So you can put one on your neck and be hardcore if you want or whatever you want. What to happened do to the, arm. what happened to the, the barbecue? Oh, that was great. The barbecue thing. I actually, that's, I forgot. Oh my God. That was great. You would love that thing. So you basically, it cooks everything at the perfect temperature, everything. And, and, you know, has AI capabilities where it learns, but has this whole entire set cooks at the perfect temperature. And that's a big difference as you know, right? I mean, you're you're like a a chef, you're a great chef. So uh, it was pretty amazing when I saw it and I was like, man, you got to see this. So it's not available yet. I'm sure it's a lot of money, but when it comes out, yeah, I'll buy it for you. (laughs) <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Appreciate that. You know, Consumer Electronics Show, CES, as they call it. Um, there's so many things. Frank does a great job because he goes there with the camera and he just doesn't care. I'm, I'm being honest. You know, it doesn't care how stupid he looks. No, <laughs> never. Seriously, Mm-mm. you know, um, or, you know, it's not like, so Frank sometimes lately has been driving in his, what do you got, like a setup in the car now? You drive in the uh, car and you're talking about. No, you know what? It, so so this is what we do in our business. Uh, two things that, that really is, so, yeah, the newsletter industry is kind of like a bullshit industry, to be honest with you. I mean, there's a lot of BS out there. It used to be the place when my dad was in this business, my late dad, 30 years ago. He did it now. I'm doing it for 30 years plus. Uh, where you turn to because, you know, you knew there was a lot of BS on Wall Street. And now the newsletter industry has become part of the system. And it's sad, right? I mean, it really is. So for us to change that, we're doing different things. Where One is it's a hands-on approach. We like doing more videos. But those are like shorts that I'm taking with my phone. And every time I see something that I think is interesting – it's like a 30, 40 second short uh, of me talking about something. And it's not, you know, it's not boring. It's because I have a strong opinion about something. It's usually a lot different from what you're hearing on TV. And uh, also anyone who subscribes to any of our new products, uh, I get on the phone with them for 10 minutes and I can't offer them investment advice, of course, but you know, it establishes a relationship right off the start. And, and it's kind of like what Lululemon did and, you know, she went door to door to build her company. And it's, it's, that's what people want that, that touch where, okay, I trust this guy. This guy has a great track record. He admits when he's wrong, when he's wrong, you know, it's someone I can follow. I'm going to learn. He covers all these sectors and it's really starting to separate ourselves as a result. A lot of more people, you know, building on our file and, and you know, that's the way business should be. Right. I mean, if they're going to yeah. you, you, it's a personal touch that you yeah. should have and try to bring that back to the newsletter industry because people actually, 
that look to hire like hedge fund managers, they're like embarrassed about this industry and they should be. I mean, it really is a crappy industry when you go on CNBC, or you go on Bloomberg, you go on all these sites and you see all these crazy advertisements of things that are going to go up 5,000%, yet they're not allowed to actually own these things that they're telling them they're going to go up 5,000%. <laughs> but uh, that big change of pace has been big for our business and we're starting to see a lot of people come in now. Let's talk about, so again, I want to talk about CES uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. One of the things that was big in CES, which will dovetail into what I want to talk about too, is- yep. Dare I say, you know what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. It's AI, 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 AI is just everywhere. It's everything. If you don't talk about it, you're like sunk. Companies that even do mundane things like, I don't know, sell carpeting are talking about somehow AI being maybe woven into the threat. I don't know. Just crazy stuff about AI. But one of the companies that we've looked at, and actually, I'm picking on this because this is something I've I've scratched my head about a lot recently. Is of course we know the leader in AI in terms of the uh, the the core computing power is Nvidia, mm-hmm. right? They they did an incredible job Nvidia reinventing themselves many times over the years. Now our clients own Nvidia in our um, TDIMG strategy, the 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 trading strategy, and we've voted for. We went back, you know, I. I I asked somebody in my office, I said, do me a favor, go back. I want a record of every time we bought and sold NVIDIA in the last number of years. I can't tell you how many times we did in terms of, we don't we don't buy and sell quickly. We, we hold it for a while in that portfolio. And I mean, it was just glorious to look at. I think there was one quarter or, or two or three month period that we held it, came in, we sold it on a stop. And, the, and then every other time has been positive for that, that company, which is, yeah. you look at the yeah. stock chart, you know that. So, so a few things here before we even get to NVIDIA. So at the CES, of course, AI is a, a massive, massive deal, right? It's transforming technology. Uh, I took an executive tour, which costs I think like $1,500. And it was like 15 people. You go to AI expert and they, they visit like, you know, a lot of companies within the AI space. And they really teach about this technology because it, it's a huge learning curve. Everyone's learning about it now. And what you realize is a lot of companies that I saw is when I asked them, you know, what kind, you know, what's your technology that we have this proprietary technology that they're using, but what AI is, is they want to create three Frank Curzios. They want to create three Andrew Horowitz, right? Oh, God. So, so this way you could do, you know, you're more efficient, your productivity surges. I mean, this is what it's about. It's not really, it's creating this stuff new. It's making things more efficient, right? And that's what, what's happening. Uh, so when I ask some of these companies, you know, where you're getting the data from, they don't have the data. Okay. And that's the biggest part because what do we have to be honest with you, right? This is perfectly honest. We've mm-hmm. had four of the biggest companies stealing everything, our data for, 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 you know, 15 years, they know everything about us. And yeah, they put like little things on there now, but most of the part, they stole the data with a lot of people that without knowing they still do it today with tracking you and everything. Now they have this massive amount of data. So when people say AI, it, you have to think data and whoever has the most data is going to be the most successful when it comes to AI because AI is absolutely incredible. It's unbelievable. I mean, what? And that's why, by the way, Amazon, you wouldn't think necessarily on the top of the list of, oh, AI versus, let's say, a Microsoft, right? Or even a Google. They have a lot of data. Think about that. By the way, they don't really, just to be clear about this for everybody, they don't only have the data from like, what do you mean? Okay, so they know what I do shopping. No, 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 no. I'm talking about AWS. All the stuff that's flowing through there that they're allowed to, from a privacy standpoint, right, utilize enormous amounts of data. One of the biggest. Easily one of the biggest. Actually, the biggest, right? So, um, and I'm actually looking this up right now because I'm curious to see because everyone's like, well, Microsoft and Azure is is so great. But 
when, when you look at, at how big Amazon is, just to show AWS, they're 31% of the whole marketing cloud. Mm-hmm. It's one of the greatest industries, super high margin, right? And they partner with all these other companies as well. Uh, Azure is the great, right? You see this growth, but they're at 24%. Then it goes all the way down to, to Google Cloud, 11%, and everything else is below 4%. They're still the leader there, right? And Enormous. now they've collected right. data for 20 plus years on everything you bought when you're buying. It's much more than you just, you know, talking about different things that you like but on social media. it's more than just the Amazon sites. It's also all yes. the other AWS that they have in there. That stuff passes through the AWS system that, again, is not locked down from a privacy standpoint from their partners. No, no. So so, so Amazon's going to be anyone. If you're looking at healthcare companies, anyone that has a lot, a lot of data for people, it, this is going to be uh, an unbelievable, this is going to be remarkable for them. I, I mean, you're going to see productivity increase tremendously. You have Microsoft where they're having trouble and, and Google putting a dollar amount on it, which is fine because they're so big, right? I mean, what would they generate? Like 60 billion in revenue or something like that? Who, Amazon? Oh, yeah, no, this is Microsoft. Oh, Microsoft I mean, yeah, it's yeah. so so big that like two, three, yeah, less quarter, like two, three billion doesn't move the needle for them, right? So, but I read a stat the other day that 90%, and I don't believe this, but 90% of all the material that you're going to read on the web is going to be AI generated in a year. Really? I think that's crazy. But anything that you write and anything that you do in terms, even also the newsletter business, I, I mean, it really is incredible as technology, what you're able to produce, especially guys like you and I have been doing this for 15 years. I've been doing podcasts and report four or five times if a week. nothing else, just fixing your grammar. Not just fixing your grammar, but coming out really very quickly on stories where, you know, Disney Report last week, boom, you're pumping it out. I've said so many things about Disney, you know, over the past couple of years. Now, you know, it's, hey, write Disney, uh, you know, positive report. Write on a fifth grade level, no passive sentences, which is very important when it comes to a lot of things that you read. It makes it easier. It builds your audience even bigger. But, you know, this is all generative AI. And and that's why when people say, well, I'm worried about, you know, Terminator, it's a lot of BS. I think that's the biggest company saying it. This way it costs even more to put these security blankets on and, and, and you know, they keep their moats. Uh, because you have to input things into generative AI. You have to input these things, right, in order for them to work. So, you know, we're very far from that. It's not like it's going to take over the world and, and operate on its own and destroy everything. But I will tell you the big winners uh, are the ones with, with, with the most data, right, which is going to be the biggest companies. And NVIDIA, NVIDIA, NVIDIA is an incredible company. And, and I realized that when I missed it. And I missed it bad. And I actually bought a put. Oh, how'd that <laughs> so, go? So it didn't go well because that, this was in June going into the quarter and it was going up to 300. I'm like, there's no way they're going to meet these expectations. There's absolutely no way. Uh, and the rest of the market wasn't doing good, right? It wasn't really doing that good uh, then. And they blew out the, and they reported a number a number that I don't think anyone has ever seen in the markets, at least since I've been doing this for 30 years, uh, You know, that big of a beat quarter over quarter. But you have to think of it this way. They have the premier chips. Nobody's really second. Everyone's trying to push AMD as being second, as you saw. I want to talk about quarter. them second. I want to talk about them second. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're not there yet. Okay, it's 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 so far behind. Yeah, they, they, I would say it. it's like Nike and Reebok. I mean, it's not even close to buy sneakers, right? That's how far. It's it's almost like you know. Nike and Reebok. No, it's even worse. It's not that. No, no. It's like it's like Nike and uh, and an old pair of flip flops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, they, they're light years behind. So now you have these premier chips that. Uh, they have pricing power on. They can charge whatever they want. Now, when you have pricing power in this market today, right? We saw what pricing power did over the past year. Now it's getting to the point where, you know, McDonald's got in trouble. Okay, we're not, you know, you're going to see business pull back and say, all right, I'm not paying $20 for Snicker bars. So when you look at NVIDIA having the main technology and having pricing power 
And who are they selling to? They're selling to companies that are draining tens of billions of free cash flow every quarter. Uh, it just creates this massive, perfect storm for them. And when you're looking at earnings today, you could you don't argue. It's a fact that NVIDIA is cheaper today than it was a year ago because their earnings have exploded. I mean, you're looking at a company trading at 34 times forward earnings. That's growing earnings and sales pretty much at 30% plus clips where people want to buy Apple and Microsoft that are trading at a higher valuation and growing much less, especially Apple's growing much, much lower. So where do you want to be where these guys are the premier company in AI? They're the one that benefits the most. They see it first from the hardware. All these guys are buying three, four, you know, what is it? Uh, one chip, I think is like 40 bucks and like 10 of them go into the, to produce the systems and they're buying, buying tons of systems, right? So, so to see where NVIDIA is in this position, I think the stock is going to go a lot higher from here. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, we just saw, for example, this week, um, a really interesting spike of another name that's kind of in the mix right now. And again, the reason is because of AI. But before we do that, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about AMD for one second again, and, and maybe you can answer some of my questions with regard to what is really going on there. But before that, I want to talk about interactive brokers. Interactive brokers has key competitive advantages for sophisticated investors like you. Interactive Brokers charges USD margin loan rates from 5.83% to 6.83% and rated the lowest margin fees by stockbrokers.com. Their clients could also earn extra income by lending their fully paid shares of stock. So join Interactive Brokers clients from over 200 companies and territories to invest in stocks, options, futures funds, and bonds on 150 global markets. Rate subject to change. The best informed investors choose interactive brokers. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. All right, we're back with Frank Curzio. And I wanted to, we're talking about AR, AMD. We're talking about the, the AI. So let's, let's focus for a second on AMD because I've been scratching my head with the question of, okay, they got a price a PE ratio on a, on a trailing 12 months, about 450 or so. It was like 1,500, but they actually had some earnings on a forward basis if, in fact, if, in fact, if, in fact, they're about 50 times um, much higher than what you would expect. The thing that they're really hanging their hat on is the, the promise, the hope, the outlook that one day, someday, maybe they're going to have a chip that can compete with NVIDIA, right? Isn't that the whole basis? But they don't really have it now. No, and there's people that might buy the secondary chips that are cheaper, and that's fine. Okay, but but you know you're trading at fifty times forward earnings. They have a really crappy PC business that's getting crushed, uh, and you're looking at a company back in the day. And again, I say this a lot and do this a long time. When a company trading at fifty times forward earnings, that could be considered cheap if you're really growing earnings and sales, sure. right? So that it's that doesn't mean it's expensive. And again, something I learned the hard way: not buying Netflix at eighty times forward earnings. Apple, Microsoft traded hundred times forward earnings. Look where they are today. Uh, this is a company that lowered their guidance. This is a stock that should have got hit for at least 15 to 20% when they lowered their guidance. It went down 2%. And, it, and it, <laughs> it, it didn't, which I'm like, whoa. So the expectations, look, it's a different market now. Uh, we could talk more about that too. We'll, we'll stay at the IAI conversation, but I'll explain why it's, it's such a different market where you have to adapt to certain things that never happened before uh, You know, in the history of the markets, which is really weird. Uh, but for AMD, I mean, why would you buy AMD when you could buy NVIDIA, which is cheaper and growing much, much faster? And that's the thing. Maybe AMD goes higher and, and you make money off of it. But for me, I'd rather buy the premier company that's trading cheaper and growing faster 
It just makes more sense to buy, buy NVIDIA here. Last week, earlier in the week, there was an announcement, earnings announcement by um, Arm. Arm Holdings recently came back to being in the public. This is an um, interesting company that actually doesn't produce anything other than the fact they produce the blueprints, so to speak, the instructions on how to, and they create the chips, but somebody else produces the actual chip, right? Um, spiked like 20% in the after hours on that report saying that AI was helping them. I mean, so we continue to see a lot of companies leaning on AI as a thing, as they do the weather or they do um, layoffs, for example. That's another big thing that's pushing mm-hmm. prices up. So Disney, Disney reported right. I mean, cost cutting there. Great. And, and, and it was a very low ball number. And, you know, listen, I've been really critical of Disney. You've been really time. critical of Disney. I, I, being a, and, and, and one of the ones that I was right on. Right. I got to take credit for that. Been wrong before. Uh, but, you know, just the numbers and the BS stories they were telling where streaming is not the viable option for them because their content comes out in the movies first and never comes out on their platform. So they can never, ever compete with Netflix, even if they tried. But Iger's doing a pretty good job. He, you know, lowering costs, uh, you know, revenue wasn't that great. But, Are they splitting you know, off ESPN now or they're offering it as a standalone? ESPN is such a disaster. But it's they're offering it as a standalone. So now what they did is they created a, this is like, what this is, is a spinoff of a company. Right. Mark my words on this. In yeah. order for them to make Disney profitable, especially with the partnership that they have now, whether it's with Fox and Paramount, whoever it is, but they're going to have to charge over $80 a month for it. And that doesn't cover all sports. Okay, I'm a sports fanatic. It doesn't cover all sports. So you're not going to get this. Oh, I got every single sport now. But no, you're not. OK, you're not going to get all sports. So uh, I, it's crazy. I mean, ESPN made a, a fortune because it was part of bundles. And now that we went to streaming and it was stripped out of bundles where you're forced to pay for it, even if you didn't watch it, uh, it became this individual thing. And now even on its own, they have to sell it for 40, $50 a month to make money. Now with the partnerships, it's even more. I just, you know, it, it's a way to kind of shed this asset that, that not growing anymore and, and yeah, just reduce the damage of something that's not really doing well for them. Yeah. Uh, one of the things you mentioned before we, we always have to keep – I have to keep notes because we talk about a lot of things and come back to something. Uh, you mentioned that this market is – you have to be acting differently in this market than ever you ever did before. You said that. Yes. What does that mean? So, so you have to be willing to adapt. All right. So my, my late dad was a value investor, pure value. And, and you know, he missed a lot of the, the dot-com stuff and everything. And, and we know the dot-com blew up. But, you know, three, four years, I mean, the gains of some of those things were thousands of percent. Uh, and then, you know, my dad passed, I went to work for Jim Cramer for a little while and Jim Cramer is a pure growth guy. Right. So I really learned how to analyze growth companies and, and, and having both of those educations really helped. And, you know, just not being stubborn and, and learning because there's always a changing environment. Like for example, when the government decided to spend trillions of dollars out of nowhere, right. I think what is 80% of the dollars printed have been printed in the last 24 months. Mm-hmm. So you have all this like trillions of dollars entering the system that never happened before. And then when we saw stock prices go to all-time highs and every asset class go to all-time highs at the end of 2020, this happened. What did they do? They spent another two, $3 trillion inflating the markets. And they're wondering why, how come inflation was, you know, was going to be transitory. <laughs> Wait you know, a minute. I don't, I mean, I don't understand. On. So now you see in this market, but when I say adapt, if you would have told me, Every textbook that you've read, everything you've learned for decades, for, for a couple of years, whatever, if you would have told me that interest rates uh, or mortgage rates are going to go from 3% to 7% in an 18-month period, and every single home builder is going to go to an all-time high, would have told All-time you high. All-time high. You're crazy. But there's reasons why that's happening. you got to throw in other factors because there's little supply in the market, plus now the average home price is trading below the average existing home price. 
And again, a little less square footage there, but why am I going to buy an existing house when I could buy a brand new house for almost a cheaper price or the same price? And then they're able to offer like these special mortgages and take a point off. And, and, and so you're seeing like, you know, they, they adapted to the markets, uh, you know, just in, in terms of growth and, and, you know, like AMD, why is AMD going higher when it's expensive, super expensive, which is fine, but it's not growing. There's just this huge underlying current. I even saw people in Davos saying AMD is going to be the magnificent eighth stock. You know, it, it's just, but, but learning how to adapt in markets like this, uh, where you're seeing interest rates go higher and the markets hit all-time highs. I mean, you know, you have to be aware of what's going on and learn to adapt. And right now, when I say adapt, one of the things that I think is really going to work for you, because you're seeing separation, not the whole market's going up. The S&P is up mm -hmm. like 5 6% this year. Yet the, the, the weighted S&P index is flat, right? So you're just seeing it concentrate on a few stocks. But if you're going to focus on anything, I think what's really working in this market is – if you're looking at companies, look at GM. They announced a big buyback, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, you're going to focus on companies growing earnings and sales. Ford you'll also, see a lot of those companies. major expenses, finally. rethinking, finally rethinking finally. their EV yeah. uh, structure. Uh, Two companies I ripped for so long because mm -hmm. of EVs and getting into this when they didn't have the technology, massive spending. Listen, people are dying to buy these gas vehicles and you have pricing power. The last thing is pricing power. Which companies have pricing power? Chipotle has pricing power. Look at those earnings. Lululemon, Microsoft, Amazon, Meta, even GM. Right, pricing power, buying back their stock, growing earnings and sales. VF Corp's not, Paramount's not, Gilead's not. You know, so yeah, all your all you, your basic stuff doesn't have pricing power. Generally speaking, people have enough things, you know. But yeah. but when they have the but they did have pricing power last year. Of course they right? did because of massive inflation. But now you get into the point where they're like, okay, I'm going to change my habits now. I'm not going to Starbucks isn't a pricing power anymore. You're not going my, to I, Even I, my, my kids, I told them, I learned today? with the Starbucks. I yeah. learned pricing power that one company that I was like, because I was reading something, I'm like, that, that, I don't think that, I can't be right. McDonald's. Do you know how expensive yeah. a McDonald's Big Mac meal is? Which I'm talking about a Big yeah. Mac, a regular Big Mac, mm -hmm. a French fries, and a drink is like $12. Yeah. Now that makes them $12. Oh my God. And they had amazing it was like $4 pricing power. a few years ago. And that's the thing when you, when you don't have price, like now your discount airline that doesn't have pricing power. Now you McDonald's and you know Walmart's been doing well, but there's a point where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go to Walmart anymore. I'm going to upgrade to Target or something else. Where you know you have that limit, and we're at that limit right now. And I think most people listening to this will definitely agree because you're going into places, and I'm seeing prices. I mean, every hotel I checked into, even when you go to Vegas, it's like right away they're like fifty bucks a night. And I'm, I said I already booked it. Nope, fifty bucks a night. I'm saying that for five nights. What do you mean 50 and bucks a night for what? 50 bucks for fees, just for fees, just, just for shaking their head and being like, hey, okay, you checked in. It's $50 a night on top of what you spent. And that's for the incidentals. But what are the incidentals? Parking. I don't have a car. Refrigerator fee. I don't have a refrigerator in my room. Well, it's just, I said, just say it's the FU fee and I appreciate it more, <laughs> yeah. but just don't sit there and say, well, you know, and, and it's frustrating because I'm like. So I was in, you know, a, I went, I, this happened, this happened to me two days ago. I was in mm -hmm. a hotel I checked into on Monday. I was there at one o'clock. They're like, sir, your room's not ready till three. I'm like, oh, I have a meeting to go to. I'd like to put my stuff down. I'd like to put my jacket on, freshen up before my meeting. Well, I'm sorry. That's $25. I'm like, for what? I said, is the room ready? Yes. But the check-in time is not till three. Who is yeah. this going to hurt? Do you have a uh, a Hyatt uh, blah, blah, blah card? I'm like, I do. In fact, I do. But, sir, it's going to be $25. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I'm like, 
but I don't think I should pay because I, if you tell me it's, it took like all this time for them to look, oh, it's, it seems to be that you do have this, you know, high platinum level or whatever it is. And uh, they didn't charge me. And then they were like, you know, give me free waters and all excited and stuff. But, you know, it's gotten, it's gotten out of control. It is. I mean, I got an oil change and I just looked the bill. My daughter's in the car with me. I just looked the bill. It says $5 service fee. I'm like, what is this? They're like, oh, it's just a service. I said, you're servicing me. I said, that's what I'm paying for. They're like, what? I said, what is it? I'm just curious. Uh, and the kid, it was a kid. He's like, I don't know. I said, just raise prices and don't put a service fee. Uh, it's just- So know, annoying. So annoying. It's annoying, but you, sh you see what companies are needing to do to meet their numbers because we have this, you know, well, Wall Street is, is mantra needing, that needing growth, to, no matter no cost. Needing yeah. to do or like just getting greedy. I'll give you an example. I go to a restaurant the other day. It's one of the top restaurants supposedly around here. It was closed for a while. It reopened. I went. I sat down. And I'm like, okay, can we get some bread? Well, there's a there's a, there's a charge for the bread. I'm like, okay, whatever it is, just bring it. We're hungry. We didn't get bread for a half hour. We got a bottle of wine. It took 20 minutes to get. to get Four people, not a lot of food. As a matter of fact, the entire meal, I'm thinking, where are we going after? Seriously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you know what it costs for four people with a plate with a place that wouldn't provide me free bread? It was six hundred dollars. Wow! And it was crap. Yeah, that's insane. And we were stuck. Once we got there, we were kind of like stuck. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And, and, and you know, again, not all companies have pricing power. Some of them do. Focus on the ones that have pricing power. If they're buying back stock, that means they have great balance sheets and. GM, congratulations. Another company I was ripping along with Ford for, for two years getting into EVs. It just didn't work. Tesla was eating their lunch. It, it's, all right, we're, we're going to stop producing these things. We just can't really compete. It's going to be at a much smaller scale, a much smaller level. And we're going to take all this money we're going to spend and buy back the stock. They're buying back like 15, 17% of their float. Well, that's what did, that's what Meta did. Meta went, I mean, they, Meta went on a huge, they were spending all sorts of money. And they said, okay, we're not going to spend the money anymore. And then they did uh, clean up their acts, fired a lot of people. Uh, got really thin, and uh, then not only did a buyback, but did a, a, a dividend, a 50 cents per quarter, $2 annualized dividend. It was like, wow, yeah. wow. Yeah, I mean, it was not a division. It's not killing it. I mean, they, they're doing an unbelievable job. It's an unbelievable job in everything. And, and, you know, I was saying, like, different market conditions. Like, like you have, you know, what was the thesis for 2023? If you ask any bull, any, 100% of them, believe me, I looked at all of this, right? If you look at all of them, Tom Lee, everybody, they're like, you know, take credit for 2023. Their bullish case was based on the Fed lowering rates, and they never did. Mm -hmm. You're right. Well, that's good. Take credit for it. Now, so now they're pushing it out even well, further. Powell so, last week pushed wait, it out. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Can we just back up for a second and talk about how ridiculous this is? Frank, I know you're yeah. a man of 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 reasonable. You're reasonable. Mm -hmm. Everybody, and especially Tom Lee, who, by the way, all he does is put a 10% sticker on the value of the S&P, multiplies it out, and that's his end-of-year number. I won't say anything because I interviewed him, but I'm going to be nice. Ah, there you go. And anyway, be professional. So he agrees with me. So the point is, <laughs> the point is that- um, I agree with you very strongly. Yeah. So, so, and, and, but that's what he gets paid to do. He is the, the cheerleader mm -hmm. for his firm, you know, where, yeah. where, where Wilson over uh, Morgan Stanley just got shit-canned. Yeah. yeah. And, and look, you know, I, I read his research and looking at his research when you, I mean, he will provide charts where I'm not kidding you for unbelievable research of things that are happening for the first time in 20, 30 years. And if you look back of when this happened, the market crashes and, and you would look at these and it would scare the crap out of you. I mean, you, you, 
M2 growth. I mean, have you seen that plummet? Have you seen the LEI indicators? 21 straight months, always. It's the number one indicator that always predicts a recession. Forget anything else. Forget about, you know, negative yield curve, inverted yield curve. It's 21 straight months and no one's predicting recession. So, you know, you put out all these figures of things that historically that you've learned that happen over 30 years that aren't happening right now because you have this other component, which is massive government spending right and you have stop. to factor you yeah. have to factor it in because they don't they're not going to stop they're not going to stop and, and there's no reason to stop because you really don't have to worry about debt levels right now you don't you think i 10 trillion up next year i mean you, you it's going to be lines around a block globally to, to to buy that debt you know treasuries at five year five percent but for treasuries i mean you know again it, it, people are going to buy it and they're fine it's going to blow up one day but we've been hearing that i've been hearing it since you know late 70s uh, but when, and, when we look at when we look at the end of 2022 and into 2023, and everybody was predicting these massive decreases, which I, I found fascinating. By the way, I'm like, what, what, uh-huh. what, what are you talking about? And they almost seemingly got the Fed to agree to their line of thinking. It seemed to me. And then they had seven rate cuts built into this year. And then everybody got mm-hmm. crazy starting in October, 2022. And, and everybody got like nutso, right? And then it started mm-hmm. again into 2023 and then it kind of flowed out. And now all of a sudden we're only at maybe two or three, but we have a new narrative to replace that, which is the wall street machine, what they do, which by the way, as much as you may hate it, as much as you may say, Oh my God, it's a, twisted and it's it's a rigged and it's a you know it's it, it's 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 manipulative who cares if you can play on the right side of it play yeah right no exactly and that's the way you have to look at it you can't you can have your personal feelings if you're pissed off about something you don't believe in something whatever you know you want to hold up a sign that you're right but you know for our job is to make you money and when you look at this market and the money coming in and this china's an absolute if you had told me think about china china's been the growth engine of the world for decades it's absolutely cool Completely crashing yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, it's been horrible. We've been all over this. Some great. I think the Hong Kong, Hong Kong is down like a twenty-year low. Oh, I, I mean, you're looking at every real estate Which company makes it viable is to me, bankrupt, yeah. right? That they're, they're bankrupt, but it's you know, and now you know you're seeing companies do well, even though that was a growth engine in the world. And it's not India. India might be another country that's doing good, but not to pick up the slack for China of how big that was, but. Yeah, and then, then you have you know conflicts right now, right? Is Ukraine not a big deal anymore? I mean, we're nope. launching strikes Nothing. in Iraq and Syria, and look nope. at look at nobody cares. You know, if you believe, and I'm going to say this just from a common sense standpoint, if you think China's not going to invade Taiwan, you're absolutely crazy. That well, is that well, is you should get ready for that happen. and get ready to short the market for about two days, and that's it. Yeah, maybe two days. That's it. But but I mean, Taiwan <laughs> Semi is the most important company in the world. The, They're one of the, the, the biggest, the biggest. And China has their back to the wall and we're limiting them through tariffs and everything and restrictions. They can't get those chips. So it's right across from them. They're not in NATO. It makes all the sense of the world. Kind of forget about what you hear in the media, whatever. It, for China right now, they're back to the, to, to the wall. It, it makes sense that that but they're still it has getting to be chips. on the table. They're still getting chips. Just like oh, of course. if you watch that special on Bloomberg and you believe these, this shadow shipping of oil that goes on from Russia around the world, all mm-hmm. these sanctions, all that, that's great. It's, it's all BS. It's all for the show to make the politicians look good. Much of it is. The, the fact that we have all these sanctions on and these tariffs and we, 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 we nail a couple of different companies in China, like Huawei and a few others, that we don't allow to have the chips, but yet we found that they can figure out the chip that is just a little bit disabled from the standpoint of AI, right? But they just figure out a way to 
pop it and repower it. Yeah. No, so, no, you're right. I mean, you're right. But it's, it's just, a big joke. Gotta, it's a giant joke. So, so listen, this, this is something that if I, if I could help out and try to give you advice, it is, I was bearish in, in 2023. I thought the market was going to come down. We're along a lot of stocks, but we protect ourselves about 3% of portfolio saying, you know, buy puts and you only lose the amount of money you put in. Risking three, but if you risk 5% of the portfolio, it's fine because if the market really crashes, that three to 5% could be worth 50% of your portfolio mm -hmm. and you're covered and you're hedging. If not, you lose it. Chances are the rest of your stock's going to do well. So while we didn't enjoy like the full gains, you know, our portfolio is doing very well across the board. Uh, we protected ourselves sure. and, and be smart, protect yourselves because uh, you don't want to be greedy and be in the right areas, of course, but, but, you know, we're in one of the most risky markets I've ever seen because it forces you to be in it. And dot com, you're like, holy cow, what's going on? I'm out of here. The credit crisis, I'm out of here. COVID, I don't know what the hell's going on. COVID, how bad is I'm out of here. This is a market that you get punished for coming out of, and it's almost forcing you that FOMO, fear missing out. It makes it very dangerous when you're forced to buy some of these companies, like an AMD at 50 times forward earnings that lowered their guidance next quarter. That's insane. Yeah, you know, the other situation you have right now is when you talk about this and, you know, where it was the no other alternatives, there are plenty of other alternatives, safe alternatives at four or 5%, let's say. But also what's interesting is there hasn't been a pullback of more than like 3% or even for a couple of days. It's been yeah. like a day and then they turn around and buy it back. I don't yeah. think Nvidia's you know been it's down. Be a pull. You know, we're going to see a pullback. Mm. And mark my words on this. Mm. F history, you know, if you go back historical, which I love to do, is when they start cutting. So usually right. when you That's see correct. Correct. rates going higher, the markets go higher. And even when they pause, they go higher. When they cut, you know, people are like, oh, that's great. It's going to seem like they're cutting because the economy is getting weaker. And they haven't seen that yet. You, I can give you 10 things that show that the economy is weak. I can give you 10 things that the economy is strong. It's both strong and weak in certain areas. Even though you can't say that, you'll never yeah, get on manufacturing small, weaker than uh, people are still spending money, but they're spending money on. They've rotated what they're spending money on. Yeah. No, you're right. But you're still seeing strong GDP growth. Jobs are strong. Wages are strong. Yeah, it's just you like, know, it's but, just but like you, this. You look at it, you know what it is, Frank? It's like this. Sorry to interrupt, but it's like this. Would you agree? When we get the Wagovi and the Majorno and blah, 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 the semaglutide and all the various weight loss medicines, those companies, <clears throat> Johnson Johnson, Eli Lilly, you know, name your, name your company, d did very well, right? Matter of mm -hmm. fact, we saw that uh, Novo Nordisk just bought Catalint this week. Um, What's interesting is who did it hurt? Well, at first everybody's like, oh, nobody's going out to eat anymore. And all the restaurants got upset and all the booze companies and all that. It hurt the insurance companies. You see their numbers recently? They're, mm -hmm. they're paying huge amount of money for these weight loss. The money is basically shifting from yeah. them to the weight loss companies. N not in totality, but, you know, as, yeah. as an example. So there's a shifting going on. Would you agree that's something going on? There's a shifting going on. But even more that point, I was going to try to bring this up. And I'm glad you did. Is There's an incredible opportunity that I feel like nobody's talking about. And that's in biotech. I mean, the massive amount of, of M&A taking place. The biotech stocks got crushed in mid-2021, much earlier than the market. And they there was so much leverage, company like Baker Brothers, like five major players here, they were leveraged out the ass and they all got wrecked. I mean, you, I saw $50 stocks trading at 4 or $5 down to their cash values. I mean, we've been picking off a lot of great names, but the M&A taking place because outside of that one pocket, right? It used to be the COVID vaccines doing good, Moderna and Pfizer and stuff. Now it's, it's you know, weight loss, which those companies are doing fantastic. But outside of that, these are aging pipelines. These guys are dying for growth and you're, you're able to pick up this growth from these smaller companies who've seen their stock price are still down 60%, these small cap biotechs. It's an area that we're focusing on that we've done well on and, 
you know, talk about 40, 50% gains in a couple of months in some of these. It's, it's pretty I mean, incredible. I've been, I've been on the CRISPR side. I've been on the CRISPR yeah. bandwagon. You have liked that for a long time. Yeah, I've yeah. liked that for a long time. It kind of done its thing, goes up and down, and then just got some of the recent news that came out was was pretty good. And there was actually some other news uh, with Vertex a couple of days ago. So, yeah. I mean, you know, that's an interesting area. Um, you know, I think there are areas that you don't like. I mean, are we concerned about this banking mini crisis all over again with New York City Bank Corp, which is doing everything they can right now to 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 uh, shore up whatever they can? Can I go on a rant here? Oh, yes, sir. All right. So, so this is why crypto is going to be massive, okay? Because the only industry that's never been disrupted from technology uh, in terms of being better for the consumers, the banking industry, right? They, they generate... You know, last quarter they generated 105 billion in profits for the uh, in revenue for the quarter, 30 billion in profits for the quarter for the quarter, right? And then, and you have Jamie Dimon there worrying about a recession. Uh, these are companies that don't create anything, right? They're middlemen, right? And that's what they do. And that's why you're seeing Elizabeth Warren come out of crypto. You see Jamie Dimon come out of crypto because it threatens. It makes easier payments. It's actual safer, even though you think crypto gets hacked all the time. The blockchain doesn't get hacked. Uh, you know, again, a lot of stuff that you read in the media, but when you look at banking, especially with this company, right? Uh, you know, New York community, this is how effed up the system is. It's the only industry where a small mid cap cannot become the industry leader with like, so at Tesla, right? Dominated the industry. Meta came out of nowhere, dominated the industry, right? You, you look at PayPal, you look, look at all these companies, even Amazon, you could start a company. And if you're that good and you're that great, you can grow to be the number one industry leader on the top in the company. The banking industry is the only industry you can't. And this is how they ran into trouble. Because once they hit this threshold, which they were scared to hit 50 billion in assets, and this was in 2018, they raised that limit to 100 billion in assets. When that happens, only 30 banks have that, over 100 billion assets, your capital ratio requirements skyrocket, meaning that you have to take, it's almost amounts to immediate losses because you have to put a lot of more capital in reserves because of the Dodd-Frank rules. And when they did that, the company bomb and reported horrible earnings. And now when you see these ratios get triggered and even go lower, they're forced to sell some of the things. They might have to sell treasuries. And when you're selling treasuries right now, you're going to sell them at a massive loss, right? Because you're not holding to maturity. And this is what happened with Silvergate. This is what happened with, with a lot of banks. So the fact that this bank is restricted and being punished for actually going over that threshold, which they went over because they got 20 billion, 25 billion assets from, uh, wasn't signature and Flagstar. Signature. For and, signature. They bought, and they bought Flagstar. Yeah, and they went over that threshold and it hurt them. So you're talking about a company that's growing and being punished. And now you're seeing this total exit, which you have to be careful with banks because, you know, if, if you're doing that, again, their ratios aren't met and they're forced to sell assets to meet those ratios. And a lot of that is in treasuries and the treasuries are, are they're selling for losses. So it's frustrating because they're going to get bailed out just like they got bailed out last time. You know, the government would say, we didn't bail these out. You bailed them out. Okay. You, you took money where it gets replenished <laughs> yeah. by the major banks. And after the major banks replenish that fund, FDIC fund, what are they going to do? They're going to raise prices on everybody else. It's a freaking bailout. So when I see this in the banking industry, it just makes me think that, you know, they'll bail this out. They'll give the assets JP Morgan for free. Like they always do. Uh, it, this provides an unbelievable clear runway of why crypto is so important. And, and a lot of it, a lot of the garbage was was out of the market at the past, you know, FTX and Celsius and stuff like that. But the technology that I'm seeing is a reason why all these banks are starting their own blockchains to launch tokenized assets on them. I mean, you know, crypto's here. The Bitcoin ETFs was was a huge game changer, and so is the Bitcoin halving coming up. But that's why you're going to see this industry really, really get better. And it's not going to be Bitcoin and Ethereum 
there's a lot of names with great technologies that are going to go a lot higher here. Yeah, I mean, I rant think, over. Right. Right. <laughs> Th thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we covered a lot of ground there, didn't we, sir? We got from all the way from crypto to Disney, ESPN. We talked about AMD and Meta, CES. What was your favorite thing at CES? So, man, you know what? I mean, learning about AI was pretty cool. Uh, other than that, there wasn't anything. You know, usually I go there to see if I can invest in certain things. It's just like outside the AI and everybody talking about AI, it's more about data. You're not really going to see that be relevant for a lot of companies in the future. There is one company I'll give you that you're going to think of absolutely crazy that, that I think is a steal right now. Well, snap uh, down 32% after their earnings. Nice. I told you. Oh, nice. He, here's the thing. So by the way, they, that's not the I, first time they've done 32% after the earnings. This is a company that I would be buying right now because their AI is actually going to make a ton of money for them. Because when you look at the demographic, they, they, I'm surprised it fell by 30%. I mean, they, they beat on most metrics, but they reported a bigger loss. And the reason why they put a bigger EBITDA loss, which is like 75 million compared to 33 million, is because they threw all this garbage in it because of severance and layoffs and stuff like that. After that, almost every analyst, I mean, even JP Morgan raised their EBITDA estimates by 80% for the full year. So they lowered estimates for Q1, but they said all of this because of the cuts are going to result in this massive amount of money they're going to be printing. And when I looked under the hood, this whole thing about advertising being bad, it was wrong. They have this new program. It's Snapchat Plus where it's an extra revenue stream. They have 7 million users where they can use all these AI technologies to have pictures and stuff like that. My daughter uses it. She loves it. And they have 400 million users. I mean, you're going to see 25%. They only have 7 million right now. This is a good chat. You're going to see 20, 25% sign up for it. I mean, it already counts for 5% of revenue. There's just a lot of really good stuff in there. And when I sing a 30% decline on something that's temporary, that's just one quarter, and it's going to go away because they pushed all the losses out, I think it's just oversold from a lot of people that owned it in the past, and they just like, I'm done, and, and threw in a towel. It's called puking. Uh, I think it's a really good buy. I think it's a good buy right here if you buy some and just and just hold it. You know, uh, for, for probably six, nine months, you're going to see really good gains on that stuff. Interesting. Well, there you go. Putting your name on that. Appreciate it, Frank. Frank Curzio, Curzio Research, as we always do. Tell everybody how to get in touch with you, what you offer, and all the good stuff. Yeah, just go to CurzioResearch.com. We do a lot of live webinars for free and stuff like that and see all our products. And you can find all that out. And, and uh, Wall Street Unplugs our podcast. So uh, go check that out as well for free and uh, get to know us. Definitely listen to it. I appreciate it. Have a great day, buddy boy. All right. You Thanks. too, man. Thanks. You know, when I get with Frank, I feel like my the speed of my speech speeds up. I, I feel like I'm I'm in a race. <laughs> Frank talks really fast. I talk really fast. But when I get with him, I feel like we're always trying to talk with each other and get into each other's discussion and in a good way, expand the conversation. But we do so in a way that just really is is intense. I enjoy it. Hopefully you did too. Thanks for joining me for this episode and every episode. We'll be back next week with another great guest, Wesley Gray from Alpha Architect is coming up next week. That is something you do not want to miss. Make sure to set your clocks. I'll see you again next week. Thanks. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is no indication of future results. In addition, the information presented is not intended to be used as a sole basis of any investment decisions, nor should be construed as advice designed to meet the individual needs of any particular investor. Nothing herein constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice, or individually tailored investment advice. Remember, investing involves substantial risk. 
Past performance is not a guarantee of future results and a loss of original capital may occur. No one receiving or accessing this information should make any investment decision without first consulting his or her own personal financial advisor and conducting his or her own research and due diligence, including carefully reviewing any applicable prospectuses, press releases, reports, and other public filings of the issuer of any securities being considered. Please consider this for educational purposes only. As always, use your best judgment when investing. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training. Advertisements are not related to the host or affiliates and are not considered by the host of the show or any affiliates of